Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Seppi. I'm excited to be joined by my Gazette colleague, Rob Gray, which means it must be Cyhawk week. Rob covers Iowa State for the Gazette. Rob, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Good to join you, John. So first of all, we'll get to the important things that fans are actually going to care about. But first of all, the most important thing to me, are the rumors true? Does the Jack Trice press box have air conditioning? It indeed does. It debuted last week. It was truly a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm not sure what the elevator situation is going to I took the stairs last week because so many people were backed up to get to the suites. Now, I did stop by and said say hi to my mother-in-law who tailgates there. <laughs> so I was coming up a little bit later. I, I suspect we'll try to get there super, super early given all the uh, all the things going on, uh, not just the game, uh, you know, uh, surrounding the whole deal, but uh, it, it 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 was wonderful, you know, on a ninety degree day. It's supposed to be hot again after a pretty cool day here today. Um, so uh, it, it it it's finally arrived, um, and uh, it is definitely welcomed. So now that we have that news, that relief for me and my own well being on Saturday out of the way. The things that people actually care about. So it seems like going into this year's Cyhawk game, there's probably more Iowa fans who haven't seen Iowa State considering the first game was just on streaming and considering the start time. What kind of were your big takeaways from that big win over you and I? Well, the fact that they did exactly the types of things that they didn't do last year in close losses. They got a pick six on the opening drive. You and I is moving the ball a little bit, and Jeremiah Cooper just gets in there and and takes it fifty eight yards to the house. And uh, so it was a bit of an odd game. I mean, it, it, it's been reported. I wrote about it how Iowa State's offense only ran forty five plays, one of the lowest in the in the country. Now the not stopping the clock at first downs has something to do with that, but also the fact that you and I got in several plays before the offense ever took the field. A lot of factors, and also the fact that they got a double-digit lead pretty quickly on Rocco Beck's uh, under center fourth and one sneak at the goal line. Uh, uh, you and I was not going to score 14 points against that Iowa State defense, so they played it very vanilla. They, uh, you know, of course they wanted to convert more third downs and things. Uh, I think they were two of 11, which is problematic, but they didn't have to sweat it out. So um, they were able to keep it very uh, everything close to the vest and. And then the other big t- takeaway is special teams was stellar. And you can't say that about Iowa State very often. Uh, maybe when Andrew Meebus was kicking in one season after being, coming in as a graduate transfer um, and when Kanane Wangwu was, uh, was uh, returning kicks for touchdowns. But uh, last season, special teams cost them a ton. I mean, the Iowa game alone, two block punts, didn't end up costing them. Uh, oddly enough, but uh, missed field goals probably cost him a couple of wins last year. You get a 56 yard field goal from Nebraska transfer Chase Contreras, fifth longest in school history. You get a 39 yard punt return for Jalen Knoll, actually designed and executed. You know, they seemed loath to return punts the last few seasons since 2019 Cyhawk game uh, when the collision occurred that negated a chance to maybe go and win it against Iowa at Jack Price Stadium. Uh, and the punting was superb. Uh, 70 yard punt down by Darian Porter expertly at the two yard line, 53 yards a kick plus for uh, Tyler Perkins. So, 
those are the big takeaways. You're coming into an Iowa game feeling good about special teams and, and, and the defense actually scoring. It's usually the opposite. That's how Iowa won in 2011, despite only managing about 167, 170 yards, getting out game by about 150. And Iowa State, uh, at least one game, snapshot, showed that uh, maybe they're back in that regard. It's it Maybe the Cyclones are back in that regard. You were mentioning Rocco-backed quarterback. It seems like a really interesting situation there with Hunter Deckers caught up in all the gambling stuff and him being done at Iowa State. What have you seen from Beck? What's kind of your scouting report of him? Is this the, the answer for Iowa State or is this kind of a temporary for now solution? Yeah, well, for now, the answer for Iowa State is running the football. And uh, they were okay against you and I. They had some big runs. And people make a big deal about it. Boy, a lot of them, you and I stuffed. Well, that's been the case even when Brees Hall or David Montgomery were there. They had a lot. We'll look at Adrian Peterson, who's an all pro, pro for the Vikings. He had a lot of 2 2 2 2 2 50. You know, I, I, so I, I'm not going to take that much away from that. Uh, Abu Sama, the true freshman from Southeast Polk, really flashed on a 26 yard run, 26 28. Uh, great moves, great burst out of him and uh you know Cartavius Norton looked good with 11 carries for 49 yards so not a huge number but again the yardage wasn't a huge number either for Iowa State and they were able to efficiently get 30 points with aided by the defensive touchdown but uh Becht long-winded way to get back to Rocco Becht you know in the program a full season versus J.J. Cole who was an early enrollee uh Cole played a few series Becht played the lion's share of snaps and 10 of 13, 113 yards, pair of touchdowns to tight ends Tyler Moore and uh, true freshman Ben Bramer. I mean, just exactly what Iowa State wants from a young quarterback, which is what they asked for Brock Purdy before he became a star. Be a game manager. Be somebody who doesn't make mistakes. Turnover free. Make good decisions. That's what Rocco Beck did. Granted, against you and I, a good FCS team versus an Iowa defense that traditionally um, obviously is among the nation's elite at the FBS level. And then you were mentioning running backs. If I'm remembering correctly, there were like more ors on that one position on the depth Four. chart. Four of them. Yeah. Like, does that seem still wide open? Does it seem like maybe they've figured, okay, we like this guy and this guy. How does that kind of shape up right now? Well, they pretty much, I think they ran three guys among the five with the oars in between uh, against you and I uh, Norton again, 11 carries 49 yards uh, looks like maybe more of an every down back Sama is going to get his time because he's looked so good. You know, originally there was talk of him being brought in as a safety or secondary player. And, and Nate Shieldhouse, the, the first year offensive coordinator, long time ISU assistant said, recounted a story saying that just as they watched him in his senior season, there was it, it would have been stupid to to not at least have him start at running back, you know, start out at a running back and then see where it goes. And he seems to be as good as advertised. Uh, Eli Sanders had, you know, a couple of tough runs, not a great average, but he's got a lot of speed. Um, those seem to be the three guys who have leapt to the, to the front. But I mean, you've got another true freshman uh, um, in the mix and, and, and a transfer in AJ Harris out of Stanford. So they're fully comfortable going by committee there. I mean, the big key will be can the offensive line move Iowa's defensive line. And 
they were okay at it last year. Jarrell Brock also uh, embattled by the by the gambling probe, uh, rushed for 100 yards last season in last season's 10-7 Iowa State win. Um, but you know that's the question. I mean, can can they run the ball? It's not a matter of who, but it's a matter of who are they running behind? Uh, is or who's in front of them is kind of the issue I think on Saturday against the Hawkeyes. And then defensively, Seth Anderson, Iowa wide receiver, said when asked what he saw in film from Iowa State, he said that he saw a lot of opportunity. When you look at Iowa State secondary, what do you see? Elite secondary. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. TJ Tampa's an NFL guy. Miles Perch is as solid as it can be. And then you got backups like Darian Porter, who special team star, converted wide receiver, weren't sure what to do with you know, the great track speed out, out of, out of uh, Bettendorf, I believe. Um, so they're solid in the two deeps and in some spots in three deeps. And then you look at safeties like Bo Freeler, maybe an NFL guy. Uh, Jeremiah Cooper, maybe an NFL guy. Got Malik Verdone, 6'4", can do a lot at safety. Um, I Let's put it this way. The past two meetings Iowa has not gotten close to gaining 200 yards against Iowa State's defense different cast but Tampa's been there the whole time purchase has been there the last two times Freeler the last two times Cooper last two times Verdone's been banged up so I don't know if he played but I mean it, yeah there's opportunity and, and I don't think I don't think he probably was saying it as a slight I mean you want to feel confident going into a game and all that but but um they're typically a team that's hard to throw on unless you get really creative and uh they gave up some yards against you and I again when the game's out of hand. You're playing really soft defensively. Uh and and Tampa probably played maybe 15 snaps. Purchase not many more. He had a sack in that game. Um, it it's it, it's minimum one of the best Big 12 uh passing defenses. And 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 you know, that secondary, they're they were they're good people making plays in the running game as well. And then Kirk Ferentz is a lot of respect for what Iowa State has done in terms of stopping the run. What should fans expect to see in that regard from Iowa State? Yeah, I mean, new faces, obviously, with their first first-round draft pick in 50 years, broke the longest drought in, in, in college football with Will McDonald, a record-setting edge rusher uh, going to the Jets. Uh, and MJ Anderson, cup of coffee in camp. Uh, Isaiah Lee also in the gambling probe and he's 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 left the team a lot of new faces but Tyler Oneidam uh really really good can play on the interior and on the edge Joey Peterson legacy athlete uh dad played there brother Zach played there looks good at the Leo so he's going to be in there you know the three three five the three five or the stack that Iowa State plays a dime stack um Iowa State plays is not unique anymore because so many teams have adopted it, but the guys up front, Dom Orange, I mean, he set the tone last week by just coming in and mauling Theo Day on the first snap of the game. Um, he's a really good uh, sophomore, did not register him last year. He played all season because uh, of his talent level. So the interior is good. And there's youth at, 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 uh, at linebacker, but a walk-on, Caleb Bacon, had two of Iowa State's five sacks. Uh, against you and I. So they look to be as good as ever. I know Iowa struggled to run the ball against Utah State, which I assume for Hawkeye fans is a 
uh, alarm bells are going off a little bit there, given what the Aggies are expected to be like this year. But uh, this game, anything can happen. And it's been a while since Iowa's run the ball really well against Iowa State, but they've got the backs to do it. And it's anyone's guess how it'll how it'll turn out. But I think they really have to be creative schematically to to have success moving the football, whether via the ground game or the passing game. Yeah, you bring up that great point about the alarm bells when you just have the running, the lack of run blocking even. I think it was eight plays that didn't make it to the line of scrimmage where you're looking at negative yardage against Utah State with a new defensive coordinator. You look at that, and not even a team that's expected to win the Mountain West. I think they were picked eighth in a very okay conference. Some you know good teams in there. Fresno's State beat Purdue, but still, you're going pretty far down on there when you get to the eighth best team in that conference. So that's going to be a matchup that I'm going to be really looking forward to. It's interesting talking to Iowa players. They seem to really have their eyes set on this. And I think maybe losing the trophy last year maybe added to that. Do you have that added rivalry energy? Have you noticed that from Iowa State players this week? They're not showing it, but, uh, you know, that's obviously by design. I mean, I, 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 I think it's there. I mean, you saw when they were able to secure that win last year, how excited everyone was. I mean, it was the last team that head coach Matt Campbell plays on an annual basis that he hadn't beaten Iowa um, and finally got that done. And uh, so they know it's a huge game. They know it's hugely important to, you know, whatever side they're on, people in the state and and obviously even elsewhere to some extent. So um, not not publicly a vibe of just another game. Privately, I know a game that, well, first of all, they need to do really well in the non-conference with a very challenging schedule in the new Big 12, given who they face on the road and they play a majority of games on the road. Um, but also, you know, you talk about recruiting, you talk about a lot of things, you win these games it's going to help you in the in-state battle and in that regard. So um, I, it's very important to Iowa State, obviously, as well. I was mentioning run blocking earlier. That's probably my biggest key for Iowa going into this. What would you say is the biggest key for Iowa State here to keep the Cyhawk trophy? Same. I mean, uh, did the offensive line look great last week? No. Uh, they had a number of times where the the – the running back didn't have a chance, you know? So whether that's a, a missed assignment or a miscommunication or a guy just getting beat, I mean, I think you and I has a pretty good defensive line really for any level, at least for their starters. Um, they typically do. Uh, the Panthers typically do, but usually Iowa is a completely different animal when you talk about that front seven. And again, of course, their secondaries got a lot of elite players in it as well. So um it remains to be seen if Iowa State will be able to run the ball well enough against Iowa to get the win. That, I think that's it's always cliche and kind of boring and bland, but that's what this game has become. I mean, yeah, Iowa scored 27 points two seasons ago, but again, they had less than 100, 200 yards of offense, less than 180. So it was defense and special teams that did it for them. And neither team has run the ball very effectively. Iowa State did just enough last season in recent years. And and I think that's what it's going to come down to whoever can run the ball. And if it's both teams, then who knows? I mean, Rocco Beck versus an injured, but highly seasoned and uh, decorated quarterback in Cade McNamara. 
maybe has a level of intrigue, but I think both teams will have a hard time doing it. It's a matter of can somebody produce big plays? And I think that's what Iowa State's going to have to do, get some big plays in the running game, but also not have two-yard losses, one-yard losses, one-yard gains back-to-back-to-back-to-back. And looking back to that last game in 2022, like that 99, I think it's 99 or 98. I think it's 99 yard drive. That really was what did it. And if you have a couple two yard losses there, all of a sudden that goes out the window, obviously. So it could maybe come down to who has that sustained drive that somebody else didn't have, or where's that one turnover that could have totally shifted things so it'll be an interesting game I think it's been what the last five games have come down to 10 points or less yeah I mean been highly competitive obviously I was one all but one of those games and uh interestingly though Iowa State with that drive which may be the most iconic in program history when you think about it I mean to drive on that defense that many plays almost 12 minutes right when you need it Six, seven, three third down conversions on that drive. Most is Xavier Hutchinson, of course, now gone and with the Houston Texans. So they don't have him to lean on. But, um, you know, had some good runs on that drive. Uh, it, it's, yeah, I. it's still wild to think they did that and then won just one other game the rest of the year. And it, partly because Brock got injured, Norton got injured, offensive line also banged up and they couldn't run the ball against almost anybody the rest of the season. But, um yeah, just 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 excited to see what can happen from both teams because I think both of them have the potential to do some, some big things, but also a lot of things where just talk about alarm bells or some things that, ooh, if, if things don't break your way, uh, it's uh, it, it could start to look somewhat bleak uh, uh, if you know if things don't you know if, if, if a lot of problems crop up. Well, do you have a score prediction yet? I haven't really formed a prediction. I think I, I, I'm going to I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, I might. I can't figure out who which team is going to win five to three, but <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be my prediction. I'm going to have to study the Hawkeyes a little bit more to see if there's somebody that can make the you know. The, the difference on uh, for the safety uh, that's that's in question there, but uh, that might be where I go. I, I, I'm not some. I'm not. It's not set in stone. It might not be how the pickums look, but that's kind of, kind of kind of where I'm leaning. As someone who's covered a seven to three game with two safeties and a field goal, I don't know if you want to do that to yourself. <laughs> Just saying that now. That once you've experienced that, it's a whole nother level of. That was the one where I was getting the texts from like college friends, like you watch this every week. It's like, yeah, what's what's weird about this? Games like that remind me when I covered high school soccer and how in the heck am I going to fill the, the, the 15, 18, 20, 25 inch hole when it's one nil in a shootout. Um, but it, Cyclones lost 10-9 to Kansas State last year. They lost whatever, 14 to 11 to uh, Kansas. Uh, they lost 14 to 10 to Texas Tech, in which they had 422 yards of offense, 10 points. They had 250 yards of offense against UNI and scored 23 offensive points. So they're more efficient anyway. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I've been, I've been in that boat a little bit. But uh, <laughs> that's 
that's the Hawkeyes MO a little bit more frequently than, than Iowa State. <laughs> I've got 16-13. That might be a little generous to both offenses. We'll see. Still well below the 25 points that I'm sure Brian Ferentz would like, but we'll see on Saturday. Absolutely. Rob, thanks for joining me. Always good to talk with you, John. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.